You're listening to Unlocking Our Sound Heritage and Voices from Christmas Past, brought to you by Manx National Heritage, the charity responsible for the Isle of Man's natural and cultural heritage. The sound recordings you'll hear today and throughout this series on Manx Radio are part of a unique collection of around 600 sound recordings digitised from the Manx National Heritage Sound Archive and available now online for the first time. The team at Manx National Heritage hope you enjoy eavesdropping on the voice clips we've chosen from the nation's sound archive, all of which can be listened to in full at imuseum.im. Let's start with some Manx Christmas traditions. Here Mr Piggott, interviewed in 1951, talks about church services on Eel Very, in English, that's the Eve of Mary or Christmas Eve. Uh, at Christmas time, there was an ill very held in Maloo Church on Christmas night, and Mr. Taggett, old Mr. Taggett, uh, came down from Grenaby and played his fiddle and sung solos in Manx. And uh, and the church we packed out with people, packed out the headphones down through the aisles. There'd be six or seven hundred people in of a Christmas night. Yeah, big do. Yeah. I think that's a bit on it. In this 1971 interview, Mr. and Mrs. Comish of Grenaby describe a Manx Christmas in Kerrokee or Chapel, which was held in January. Did uh, you held the Eel Berries then, did you, in Kerrokee Chapel? Yes, in Kerrokee Chapel. And on, it the was on the 4th of January. And it was uh, in my grandmother's times and in my grandparents' times, it was always held on the 4th of January. At that time, they had two preachers or speakers, and there wasn't room for the people to sit in chapel. There were so many coming. But uh, since then, it was until about 21 years ago, it was just an ordinary Christmas service with the Christmas, ordinary Christmas hymns. But we always finished with Come Let Us Anew, Our Journey Pursue. That was the last hymn. But 21 years ago, somebody suggested that the Russian Silver Band would like to come up. So since then, they've been coming up every year to the Ilberry. And this, I think this last year was the 21st time for them to be up. And the people come from all over, from those some there from Douglas, Port Eden and Port St. Mary. And this, this, since we've had the band, we give them a Manx supper too. And always the uh, collection and whatever we make goes to the children, National Children's Home. This year was the best. We had 20 pounds to send to the National Children's Home which for a little place like this is very good, I think. Another Manx tradition is the White Boys play. First, let's hear Peter Hayhurst, who in this 1991 interview explains what the White Boys is all about. And who are the people? Well, before you answer that, what is or are the White Boys? The White Boys are... um, Well, the White Boys play, which is what we were doing, was... uh, It's a sort of mummer's... Mummer's play, maybe. It's a play for 
about seven characters. Um, and the characters are there's, a, there's, there's someone who introduces you, the, the prologue. There's Saint, then there's some noble knights. There's Saint George, Sir George, Saint George, Saint George, Saint George, Saint Denis, Saint Patrick for England, Saint George, France, Saint Denis, Ireland, Saint Patrick. There is a, a doctor character. Um, Prince Valentine. Uh, that would be another play, though. Do you do actually different plays? There are, there are two plays, to my knowledge. There, there may well be more, and I think in England there are uh, variants of both plays found. I don't think it's a particularly Manx venture. There certainly aren't any particularly Manx characters in them, in the play that I know of, anyway. And there, the other play as John said, mentions characters like Prince Valentine and uh, a Turk, was that? Yes, Turkish Knight. The Turkish Knight, that's right. Mm. I haven't personally done that play. Here Robert Cormode recalls his part in The White Boys and a performance in Andreas. Well, what do you remember then about The White Boys, Mr. Well, in the first place, I go back 60-odd years. When I first started... I was a boy of, ele- of 11. Before, that was 11, I was 11 years of age, and I continued in the White Boys for four, uh, four Christmases. One Christmas in particular, we went to Andreas, done the houses along the road. Of course, there weren't so many in those days, houses, you know, and we went on the houses, and then we got eventually into Andrea's village. Well, the best place to do anything, naturally, was the pub, the Grosvenor. Well, we got there, and we came out, and we were wending our way back, when we got clogged with sods. So, of course, that ruined our uniforms. See? And they were, I was in uh, a hat, a long hat, like an admiral's hat, all done with paper, and the other men had round hats, and they were done with this crinkly paper. That was the dress, like, and they had white trousers, white coats, and black and white trousers. Now, I had an old frock tail coat and black shoes. And I was the doctor. If you're ready for a bit of noise, let's hear the children of Dune School performing a fight scene from the White Boys play. Oh yeah, my master, I soon will be obeyed. With sword in hand, I hope to gain the day. Oh, thou the knave who sing me stand affair, who slew my master's only sword and heir. He challenged me to fight, and why should I deny? He cut my coat up full of rent and made all my buttons fly. <laughs> and if that rascal had, had the honour to obtain, why should he want to save you just the same? I'll try if thou art born of noble race. I'll make thy blood come trickling down thy face. And if thou just another word against my mouth to say, right through thy yellow belly, I'll carve an open way. <laughs> 
let's hear the Dune school children singing and demanding money with menaces at the end of their performance. to another Manx tradition. Often sung at Christmas, Manx Gaelic carvels are unique to the Isle of Man, as Claire Clennell explains in an interview with Manx Radio. Is, um, is this a form of uh, writing that, that you found elsewhere than other than the Isle of Man? No, it is said to be absolutely unique, and I feel this is something that has never been emphasised enough, that we have something of which we should be very proud in the island. It's a part of our heritage which is absolutely unique uh, to the island and to the island people. And it has not perhaps been appreciated. And in these days of conservation and preservation, it really should be emphasised much more, that we do have our own individual music and language and style of putting the two together, producing our own very beautiful folk songs. Those, I think, are quite different from anything else. They're very narrative, as you say. So are the Carvelin Gilgach, and there's nothing like them. They are unique in European literature. I think this has been printed by an expert somewhere. Here, Claire explains that not all churchgoers enjoyed the sometimes lengthy carvels. When you say that there are a considerable number of verses to these, um, A, it must have been... Uh, a little bit tedious for other people to have to listen to them, I suppose, in church. And B, they must have repeated a theme over and over in these verses. Have you had to edit them down a bit? Oh, yes, naturally. <laughs> there are anything from 20 to 90 verses. And the story is that uh, the young girls used to fill their pockets with dried peas. And when they got a little bit bored, they used to start pelting their boyfriends with them. And, of course, everything broke up in confusion. And it is said that this is why the practice died out of singing this carvelin at the Eelberry. That's the Christmas Eve service. But I think it's more likely because the language began to die out. The Manx Gaelic speakers emigrated and uh, there's an influx of English people and times changed considerably in every way. And... Uh, this is what this is what happened to it. In this 1986 recording, Constance Radcliffe reads an extract from Miss Farragher's Manx dialect poem, Christmas in Mackled. It tells the tale of a group of carol singers. Well, one fine night, we started off at Kiljonag. Them Scrooges wouldn't give you fresh air. Even made the dogs threw us down to the high road. Near had the leg off me, the dirt snapping there. 
So off we cleared down the hill to Ballastruan, and good mighty we done with them ones and all, and we sing while shepherds watched over and over for the owl grander laid up in bed Midland Mall. Ballavurra House was as dark as the grave girl, with the whole scut of them at some young farmers do. But the Ballasloo lot was rail pleased to see us, with lashings of jock and mince pies and cake too. My, that jock was good though. It warmed as a treat girl. And after that, how well John James let it rip. I crown him, he was bawling, crown him. Instead of silent night, like the rest of the trip. And crown him, he was bellering with gusto when Flo's umbrella crowned him. Then, goy, what a fight. Battle a circus it was, I can tell you. With us one singing, all is calm, all is bright. But we soon smoothed things over and got going to the farms all above the top road. But that steep hill from the jalla near bet me, I believe is worse till the worn at Tremode. So we took a rest in the wall of some garden, and I was nice and warm in me seal cape and fur, and me best hat trimmed up with bright pansies, perched on a bando on me silvery white hair. Let's listen to George Freestone talking about another Manx tradition, Hunt the Wren. In his time, they did it properly, don't you know? And then the white boys, as they say, led up to Christmas. And then after Christmas, you see, we had then the Hunt the Wren, which was on Boxing Day. And <coughs> and Mrs. Brain, who lived in the terrace right opposite the gasworks, in fact she lived in number nine, uh, Milma Terrace, and she decked us out in yellow and green crepe paper with a hoop and a rain on the top, and we went around, not like these drunken yobs today come out of the on the rain, you know, no. We did the Hunter Wren proper, and we got a few shillings, you know, which didn't matter. We enjoyed doing it. Mrs Corkish, here in conversation with her daughter, talks about the excitement of Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, start with Christmas, or Christmas Eve. Never always very excited to get to bed as early as we could, because we knew it. And Father Christmas would come mm-hmm. soon after we were in bed. Where you put your stockings up? On the hat stand. And I stand? And they're all in a row on the hat stand in the hall. Mm-hmm. And when we came down in the morning, and there our stockings were hanging. Sometimes there's a white mouse peeping up out of the top, made of sugar, you know. And uh, sometimes an orange and there, and an apple. And uh, all the excitement, taking them down. And we had them in our own table for 
really started to eat them. Did you? Yes. Were they mostly things to eat? Pardon? Were they mostly things to eat? Oh, yes. We didn't get toys? No. I don't think so. Then I had got a, perhaps a, um, a box of pencils, slate pencils. Mm. In those days, we used slates and mm. pencils. What were, the, what were the slate pencils like? Uh, well, they were very nice. Colour of slate. Just pieces like of slate? Like a tile. Just mm. pieces of slate, were they? The yes. pencils? Yes. They were round mm. and whitish, whitey grey. Mm. And um, there was a piece of paper uh, on the handle part, mm. coloured paper, which made it very look very attractive. Did they make your fingers dirty? Pardon? Did they make your fingers dirty when you used them? Uh, that charcoal? No, 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 not um, enough to make a fuss about. Because the paper that was on them, that was also very attractive. So now to get a, a, pe a lead pencil, that one was a slate pencil. In 1990, Mrs Gladys Neal recalled how her childhood Christmas was tinged with sadness but left her with a lifelong love of apples. Come on, anything more you want now? The apples at the top of the stairs. Oh yes, for Christmas. <laughs> you don't sit and laugh at here. <laughs> for Christmas, we didn't get a Christmas present from my father because my mother died uh, just after I went home. She died in 1909 and I'd just gone home in 1908. So I don't remember much about my mum. But my father, for Christmas, we always had a great big barrel of York Imperials, I think they called them, uh, apples at the top of the stairs. Those we could go up and use whenever we wanted an apple and get them. And I thought that was wonderful, that big bottle of apples. And I was still having an apple for breakfast every morning. So as you can tell, <laughs> That's my breakfast every day on apple. She never hung a stocking up? No. Did you know that the post office used to deliver mail on Christmas Day? In this 2008 conversation with Bill Quine for Peel Heritage Trust, Herbert Watterson tells us about a postman who got stranded on Christmas Day. The early days of my time in the post office, uh, we delivered on Christmas Day. And uh, I, I don't remember it being a, a, a problem. We just accepted that we delivered the Christmas mail on Christmas Day. And it was usually a heavy delivery. And again, I know that Lionel used to have his Christmas dinner at this particular farm. Towards the end of, uh, just before the Christmas deliveries finished, he arrived at this farm. There was a big build-up of cloud around and snow forecast, but the farmer assured him that the snow was not coming for a while yet. So Lionel stayed and had his Christmas dinner. Unfortunately, by the time he came out from the farm, there was about four to six inches of snow on the road, and he found that he had to put his bike on his shoulder and walk the rest of the delivery. <laughs> and I'm talking possibly five miles from home. So it was not a good... Christmas Day for Lionel with this long walk. 
Christmas Day deliveries finished, I can well remember the date because it was the year before I was married. The last Christmas Day delivery was 1960, which suited me fine because next year I had been married during that 1961 and I was free for Christmas Day with my family. Finally, let's listen to Mr and Mrs Summersgill, Charles Alfred Kinraid and Lily Louisa Kinraid as they celebrate Christmas Day at home in 1962. We're going to have Hunt the Wren now, Lily. I hope so. I hope you enjoy it. By Mr and Mrs Kinraid. And Mrs Summersgill. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> We'll hunt the rents as rum the bum. We'll hunt the rents as rich in the rum. We'll hunt the rents as jack in the land. We'll hunt the rents as everyone. Where a west as rum the bum. Where a west as rich in the rum. Where a west as jack in the land. Where a west as everyone. In yonder green bush as rum the bum. And in yonder green bush as rich in the rum. And in yonder green bush as jack in the land. In yonder green bush as everyone. How will we catch him, says Robin the Bob? How will we catch him, says Rich the Rob? How will we catch him, says Jackie the Lamb? How will we catch him, says everyone? Sticks and stones, says Robin the Bob. Sticks and stones, says Rich the Rob. Sticks and stones, says Jackie the Lamb. Sticks and stones, says everyone. He's down, he's down, says Robin the Bob. He's down, he's down, says Rich the Rob. He's down, he's down, says Jackie the Lamb. He's down, he's down, says everyone. How will we get him home, says Robin the Bob? How will we get him home, says Richie the Rock? How will we get him home, says Jackie the Lamb? How will we get him home, says everyone? We'll hire a cat, says Robin the Bob. We'll hire a cat, says Richie the Rock. We'll hire a cat, says Jackie the Lamb. We'll hire a cat, says everyone. Who's cat, Robin the Bob? Who's cat, says Richie the Rock? Who's cats are everyone? The brewery cats are rubbing the pub. The brewery cats are rich in the rum. The brewery cats are jacking the land. The brewery cats are everyone. Cook em. How will we cook em? Says rubbing the pub. How will we cook em? Says rich in the rum. How will we cook em? Says jacking the land. How will we cook em? Says everyone. In the ovens of Robin the Bob. In the ovens of Richard Robin. In the ovens of Jack and the Lamb. In the ovens of everyone. What's the next? I forget. It's a light that there was a hole in the bucket. Good host Robin the Bob. That's when you collect. Good host Robin the Bob. Good host Richard Robin. Good host Jackie the Lamb. Good host everyone. Thanks for listening to Voices from Christmas Past. Join us next time for Childhood Games and Memories, or in the meantime, listen again on the podcast available on the Manx Radio website. You can visit imuseum.im and click on Unlocking Our Sound Heritage to listen to these and many more sound recordings from the Manx National Heritage Sound Archive. To find out more about the charity Manx National Heritage and how you can support us, Visit our website, manxnationalheritage.im, or join us on Facebook. To finish, let's hear Silent Night, here sung in Manx at Kirk Braddon. Happy Christmas from us. <laughs>